Guys, it's been one month since we did the Fight Club podcast. I'm here with Mason Ford and Morgan Williams. And it's got me thinking about a little poem I, I read this one time. Uh, you know, it's strange to think I haven't seen you guys for a month. You know, I've seen the new moon, but I haven't seen you guys. I've seen sunsets and sunrises, but nothing of either of your beautiful faces. It just breaks my heart, you know, and the pieces of my broken heart are so small that it's almost like they could be passed through the eye of a needle. You know, I was thinking this morning, I miss you guys like the sun misses the flower, you know, and the depth of winter. Instead of beauty to direct this podcast, this podcast is frozen like the dark abyss you're both, you're banished, <laughs> both your absence has banished me to. I knew I was going to fuck it up. I was rolling there for a second. You're, you're so close. That was <laughs> I know, bro. Hey. I know you just like thought of that off the top of your head, so... You know, bro, it's I poop mouth the end of it. But in case you're wondering, we did a Knight's Tale. We watched it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's Heath Ledger's You're an A-list movie star movie. So welcome to a Knight's Tale podcast. Happy to be here. Ditto. Need to, we just need to get, we kind of touched on Heath Ledger and the 10 Things I Hate About You pod. We circled around, but he's, it's a bit part, you know, he's a side character in this. This is a Heath Ledger star vehicle. So I don't care about the box office. It weirdly made a lot of money. Um, it made 120 million. I guess I care enough to tell you guys. Wow. I know. I was a little surprised. It did really well internationally, which makes sense. But ah, uh, yes. So, but I want to talk about Heath Ledger, guys. When you watch this, a I want to say he was 21 years old when this when they made this movie. Everyone, I just want to get your Heath Ledger takes, guys. Just throw it out there how you felt about him watching this. I, I mean, I can kick it off. I thought he was like the best romance movie lead. Like he had the perfect amount of humor, the perfect amount of charm, but also the perfect amount of like, he had those moments where he was kind of dumb and he was kind of a dick. Like it was all around, I don't know. I think he like portrayed it really well. Like he did a good job of like being ditzy, being a dick, but also being super charming and like intriguing and but also really funny. Like you didn't feel like he was like this mindless tool or anything like that. Like he was actually really smart. And I don't know. I just loved watching him interact with his little pals too. And God I think is even more beautiful. I was going to say, Morgan, can we get a Heath Ledger smile out of 10? <gasps> oh gosh. 12. <laughs> I, I'd give it a 20 out of that. When I saw him You're smile, right. <laughs> they had, they had that shot of him just like smiling. I was like, that's a, that's a movie star. And don't Anytime. even get me started when he winks. Oh yeah. Any anytime they zoom in the camera and you get, get to see that just sparkle in his eye, that that's what does it for me. I don't know about the rest <laughs> of the crew here, but so outside his looks, though, which we all agree, beautiful twenty-one-year-old man just carrying this movie. But to Morgan's point, he's so charismatic because he has to do a lot mm -hmm. he has to be angry he has to be really romantic and tell her that she reminds him of the bible and then save that and making it a dope line like he's doing a lot in this i just he does he's, so much he's also he's also balancing a lot you know he's trying to be he's trying to be a champion he's hiding his true identity uh he's trying to woo this uh beautiful you know, beautiful, noble. Uh, I don't know if she's a princess, but she's 
she's something let me tell you i think they <laughs> refer to her as the princess one time i think ward calls him the princess yeah and i'm sure we'll you know we'll dive into what she's got going on because i think that's really important so what's what's just what's just pivot right to her then because talk about my it's like lola bunny and her were my first childhood <laughs> crushes oh like, my god this <laughs> that's that's so true this is my first time seeing it but i really did uh fall in love and it'd be how could you not with with wait you've never seen this movie before yeah no this is my first time mason (laughs) you keep sneaking that into these pods somehow we're just letting me and morgan love these movies and mason's like yeah let's do it but i I also kind of like that we're getting like a first viewer's perspective on all these i like i'm so biased i I like having the outside perspective because it's like all right, you guys probably saw it when you were, you know, seven or eight, maybe, you know? Five, yeah. Five, yeah, whatever. Six. <laughs> so, like, <clears throat> like, I got to fall in love with Jocelyn as a 25-year-old, and it's it, it's really beautiful um, to to have gone through that, you know, this past week. So thank you for, for providing that for me. It really bummed me out that she never became – like the it star it really bummed i was looking at her imdb page and i i did a ton of background research because i got more upset as the movie progressed i kept being like how is she not one of the most five talked about actresses of the 21st century i was like what is going on she's beautiful too yeah have you seen uh 40 days and 40 nights is that with heath ledger in it too no that has uh josh hartnett it's super good but she's in that and that's literally all i can think about when i see her it's a good movie Yeah, I I read, um, you know, because I had the same thing. I was like, she is amazing. Why is she not in everything? Um, And I guess that was her, like, first role, like, of any acting performance. Mm -hmm. Like, she was thrown right into the spotlight, and she was – she had an interview. Beat out Kate Hudson. Beat out Kate Hudson for this role. Yeah, Kate – like, Kate Hudson with, like, experience. Kate Hudson Hudson on fire career-wise. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy, but the um, she was just saying how being thrown into the spot like that, spotlight like that, she wasn't ready for it. It was like really fast, really fast pace, and so um, you know, it sounds like it was a lot of like personal choice to not keep going on and keep going through that procedure. And um, also, this was filmed over the course of four months, and everybody said it was a pretty like you know heavy process to go through daily so i'm sure that being your first experience like having you know 12 14 hour days for four months straight is probably you know pretty taxing physically and mentally you know so um but yeah i would have loved to see her in literally anything (laughs) probably right i don't think i like kate hudson in that role she doesn't pull it off you gotta had a kind of you have to have no. this almost exotic beauty about you yes. where it's Kate Hudson looks too much like Heath Ledger could get her in England. Like this is yes. like, Oh my God, she's from somewhere in an awesome kingdom I've never heard of. And she's just gracing us with her presence. Exactly. Definitely have to have the exotic look. And the blonde almost feels like Rapunzel esque. Yeah. Like it's, been done before so she might be hotter than Heath Ledger which is a hot take but you need someone where it's like that's a good gift for Heath which is a tough standard to set yeah yeah you gotta like really set the bar high because you're working with 
Heath Ledger. So you can't just have, you know, you can't just have anybody out there. Not that we're saying Kate Hudson is just anybody to all the viewers. We love no, Heath Ledger. No. Kate Hudson. <laughs> we have a ton of Kate Hudson stock that we haven't sold yet. So yeah, absolutely. just clarifying. I love, oh, I love Kate Hudson, but not in this, no. And yeah. I think Heath Ledger's hotter than Jocelyn, if I'm being honest, but. There's biased. a couple dress. There's a couple dresses <laughs> she wears where I'm just like, I'm just like just taken aback by her beauty. And like I said, at five years old, I was like, "That's the future, Mrs. Chris Sharp, right there." Like that's the love of my <laughs> life. And if she ever listens to this somehow, hey, I'm still all in. I will woo you. I'll get you flowers just cause. I will love you unconditionally. Just give me a shot. You know, it's been Yo. 20 years now. You'll lose the tournament for her. You'll you'll throw it all away. Oh, that, so, that, honestly, that scene in the church where she's like, lose. And it's just this back and forth. I, like, there's something inside of me. I was like, I'll throw it all away. I'll, whatever you need, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it for you. You know, I'll quit this whole thing. We can we can leave right now. But, you know, it was, shout out to, you know, Heath Ledger's character for holding it down and staying true to himself, you know at least for a little bit. Okay, think. I actually really hate that she, I really hate that she made him do that. I actually really hate that scene. (laughs) It's really selfish. My question to both of you is, is I know Morgan played high school basketball, Mason, obviously track at the collegiate level. Imagine the biggest moment of your life. So Mason, like, (laughs) or Morgan state championship game of high school basketball, Mason, it's like pac 12s. And she's like, Hey, I want you to Morgan. It's like throw those free throws at the end of the game to Mason. It's like, Hey, miss that jump intentionally. Do you guys do it for the love of your life? So your own Jocelyn, your own Heath Ledger, your own William Thatcher to Morgan, and your own Jocelyn to Mason. Well, shit. When you put it like that, <laughs> I, I drop. I drop out of the track. Me, I quit track altogether. Yeah, I wouldn't her. even show up to the game. <laughs> <laughs> if it's That's the if it's answer. Jocelyn, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> No, no, but like, I, I actually did think about that. Like, okay, you want me to like quit this thing? I've been like, you know, I went through a lot of trouble to, to get here. Um, you know, he like, you know, he's pretty much like risking death. Um, I was going to say, we like, haven't even really mentioned that he's on a horse just sitting there while guys sprint at him <laughs> and he's just taking all these hits. Like he probably could have died really easily. Oh yeah, no oh, doubt. Oh, for sure. But, um, that it's not like uh we're not out here golfing you know we're we're like really beating the hell out of each other so um but in this real life scenario of like quitting track i'd be like yeah i think i'm just gonna like try my best (laughs) and see what happens um i don't know It, it seemed like too big of an ultimatum for uh how hard he had you know he trained that whole month like that was all he was doing he changed his name he's like his risking. boys all bet on that tournament like his boys are throwing yeah, a lot of yeah. money they don't got yeah exactly that's like you know he, he's got a lot on his shoulders to just to just throw it away for as he put it some silly girl i mean to his credit he to his credit spoiler alert he gets to consummate the thing so i mean or plus you have Heath Ledger, you have I'm, to like, he, Heath her Ledger's side. saving her from count adamar who's a f- dick great movie name villain by the way count you throw count in anything i'm like i'll fuck this guy but morgan give me do we is there anything redeemable account adamar or do we just hate him all the way 
no, he's awful. And he's not attractive. I'm sorry. Not that it's like all about looks like his personality sucks and he's just an asshole, but, but no, no. In the real world, there would be no competition. I don't care if he's a count or whatever he is. No. He's even a yeah, sexist by like 1400s England standard, which is like, you're really fucking <laughs> sexist when other dudes in 1400 England are like, this guy needs to chill out. Women have rights. Yeah. <laughs> and the, just the whole system, you know, he's like, he's like, as he's talking to um, Heath Ledger and he's like, uh, you know, I, bu- you know, I bought the, we- or whatever he says, something like I bought the wedding. I like, be- he's like, I've begun negotiations with her father. She's going to be mine. Oh, yeah, She's yeah, going to yeah. be a trophy. She'll be like polished and mounted on my like thing. You know, he's an asshole about the whole thing. Right. Yeah. He's just like, you know, I mean, I guess that's how they do it, but you know, Heath Ledger's trying to win her heart through through his actions, not through negotiations. So Yeah, exactly. That's that's, that's what you want out of your out of your man in the fourteen hundreds, I think. She's an Red item Oregon. in his mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want a, a man to win me over with negotiations and his persuasion skills and not charm and sincerity. I think it's hilarious that I mean, it's actually awesome for Jess, not hilarious. It's just awesome that when Jocelyn finds out that he's just like a peasant guy, she's still all in. She's like, yeah, let's go live with the pigs. Like, I don't care. Yeah. She's a ride or die. Yeah, despite her, the ultimatum she gave, that that shows her true character, I think. I agree. I did like that scene for her. Morgan, Heath with a beard or without a beard? So at the opening, Heath has a beard on and he's going clean shit. What's our preference? The opening, Heath, and I just, I feel awful saying this. He looks so scary. He's, it's not a look. I'm sorry. It's called being so, rugged, no Morgan. What do you mean it's not a look? <laughs> what if, there was, what if there's a like difference between rugged it. and looking like straight homeless man. And he was bordering the homeless man side of it. Yeah. This is the like, hottest take you've ever brought on here. Just so we can clarify. I know. I think, I think it's the dread look for me that's doing it. I think if he had the beard and not quite as like dread looking hair, I'd be into it. But honestly, Heath with any facial, any form, I'm all about. But for this one, I got to go with his uh, night look. Not the squire. Jason, sounds like you had it. You want to jump into this little... Discussion. Well, I was just saying, like the you know the beard was had gone wild. You know, it wasn't nicely kept. I feel like he's in contention with a nicely kept beard. But agreed. Um, hey, that's all right. He's going full method for this guy. Sorry, that's probably what a fourteen hundred squire looks like. <laughs> they just committed to, it and your guys like, ah, oh, he's not even hot anymore. It's still Heath Ledger. <laughs> if that was a squire in fourteen hundreds England, everyone would have been like, fuck, man, you can be a knight. It's cool. Like, we got you. We'll get the paperwork done. <laughs> Dap you, you up. Want. Sweet. Yeah, whatever you need. You got patents <laughs> and nobility, bro? We got patents for days back here. Like, they're hooking you up if you look like Heath Ledger. Yeah, he took action. He could have just sat back. Somebody would have gave him a shot at some point. They're like, you know, it's like when uh, those stories you hear pulling actors off the street, they're just pulling squires. They're like, you, sir, are a knight. <laughs> yeah. <I hate> you. <laughs> Anybody got a sword? Let's knight this kid. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let's get let's fast track this one. Get it out the door because we need. Yeah, it. usually you got to be an earl for a little bit. There's all these paperwork we got to do, buddy. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> let's knight like, this guy. He's like, I, 
<laughs> he's like, I know the king. He's a great guy. We're gonna we're gonna get this situated for you quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of kings, Prince Edward just ripped my heart out of my chest when Heath Ledger's in the stocks, and Prince Edward gives him the speech where he's like, "You tilt when you should withdraw," and that is knightly too. And then he's like, "Get down on a knee," and he knights him. I would run through a fucking brick wall if that actor came up to me and gave me that speech. I love Prince oh, yeah. Edward so much. He's perfectly I, cast for this role. I, I agree. I saw, a, I saw a comment from somebody who's like, uh, he's so impactful in just like three scenes. And that's, I think that's a sign of just being a great actor and, you know, credit to the, the role and the writing and whatnot. But um, yeah, he had such a big impact in a small amount of time. Agreed. He's, it's hard to believe that he's only in three scenes. I would say he's like one of the main avenues of the storyline is like their interaction and how it foreshadows and shows up at the end. I thought that's honestly my favorite part of the movie is that interaction with them when Ooh, he's really? in the stocks. Well, second favorite scene, but that storyline, that relationship between the two of them, that one, I really enjoyed that. There's like adult mutual respect and kind of like, hey, we're the same. We're cut from the same cloth. It's just where exactly. the circumstances of our lives are different. But you're like, when he gives him that you're a knight, you know, he's like, you just don't know when to quit. And I just happen to be born into a situation where you don't know how to quit. They just promote you and you're trying to do it the old fashioned way of just grinding. So I respect that. Definitely. And if I just, not to... I don't want to talk so much shit about American constitutional system, but if there was a dude like that, like if Prince Edward came up to me, I'd be like, you can be king. I don't care. Like we're not doing good at electing presidents anyway. Like let's give this guy a shot. Like be a monarch, have some fun. Yeah. That's the yeah. kind of guy you really want leading your country. To be honest. Exactly. He's not, he's not even 80 year old white guy. I mean, we're doing, we're already <laughs> one for one right there. He's out there finding talent. Like he's out in the streets uh, just finding quality talent. So yeah, I agree. Do we exactly. like the Do we like the music usage of modern oh God, yes. modern Thank music God. with the night stuff? Okay, do we like it? Up. I loved it. Okay, that's the right so answer. Good. I just wanted to throw it out to you without giving my perspective of how much I love it. And you could like you could have done you know to to answer your question. You could have said was modern music good in this? Cause they could have thrown, you know, any kind of modern music at the time in there. Um, but they use these rock classics and fit them in so perfectly. Um, uh, I think probably my favorite of, of the songs they use is golden years, uh, by David Bowie. So that's the, the dance scene. Um, I, I don't even know that song that well and it was so well used it's like you know they get right into it you know the dance of Gelderland and they totally make it up on the spot and it's uh it's great that's my favorite scene really by that landslide is, oh by landslide that is the correct answer Morgan because <laughs> our dudes oh. our bull show us a dance from Gelderland and he's like Sounds good. Me and my girl are about to make this the most lit party ever right? <laughs> in the history of England. That's sweet. Heath Ledger's like, like flipping around. Oh my God. Yeah, I love that. And Golden Years is a banger, but keep going, Morgan. <laughs> no, it's just like everything about that scene the song, the outfits, their interactions, the dance moves, just everything like that. Oh, I love it. 
I just love how it's like a screw you to the count. And then it just leads into like, I don't know, this beautiful moment with him and Jocelyn and yeah, it lightens up the movie in a great way. Yeah. I think there's um, obviously with this time period, you could have done, Oh, we have to keep it. We have to keep it historical. We have to play the kind of music they would play. And they just threw that out the window and that's the thing I love the most because it's like, okay, if I were in this time period, but I had the same collection of music that I have, what would I put here? And I love, you know, they use, um, we will rock you. They use in the uh, opening. They, uh, they have rider. me the second yeah. you, the second we're in with the second there's jousting and ACDC. I was at five years old. I was like, you just satisfied everything I need to see. I'm good. All my <laughs> chips are on the table. <laughs> yeah no that's they they use everything so well and it's these songs that are super popular like they probably spent a lot of money just to use the songs and i'm as i've said before i'm such a huge advocate of that like spend all the money to have the right song to be like yeah you know queen charged you know queen charged him out the ass for that and so did like acdc yeah oh yeah they used two queen songs yeah. What's your queen song? We will rock you and what? We are the champions. Is it credits? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, because well, I love the you shook me all night long when they like are about to kiss and you get like the little guitar lick. I just think that's beautifully done. And the way they shoot <laughs> it, where it's just them and the fireworks behind. You know, I'm a sucker for a great makeout scene in a movie, and that's like a perfect, just climactic makeout, and then we're over. Yeah. You think- yeah. Do you think it's better than the end scene of a uh, fight club? That little love scene interaction. It's like, which one do I love more or which one do I think is used more effectively? Cause those are different. Both. Give me both. A Knight's Tale is like in my top three favorite movies of all time. Just, I will plug it in. I will tell everybody. <laughs> my mother. So I love everything about Jocelyn and Oreck von Lichtenstein getting together at the end. So I'm all in on that. I think that like Fight Club, it's probably more an intelligent use of like a song that wasn't known. But to my point, I fucking love this movie. And if it hasn't come across in the however long we've been talking, this is one of my favorite movies ever. And I will, me and my dad quote this movie at least twice a week for my entire life, essentially. <laughs> that. Th- one thing their soundtrack reminded me of is, have you seen the Romeo and Juliet with um, Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio? Have I? Yes, I've seen it. <laughs> the, it's like basically a rap. I don't know. I, I got the same vibes from, and it's around the same time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think the Romeo and Juliet with Leo is like a year or two before, I think. Yeah. I, I really like what Leo's doing in that movie. Uh, she, I think she's, it's a tough, it's a tough Juliet. Yeah, I think that was a bad casting for the Juliet, to be honest. Yeah, she just, she's not doing a lot in this movie, but I agree that there's like, they're trying to do these modern, like modern spins on ancient things and the music is a, there's a word for it. I found on Google, it starts with an A and I've already forgot what it is, but there's like a thing you do (laughs) where in the movie, the music is not of the time period and it starts with an A. If anybody wants to DM me. I got it. it We got we got producer Morgan on Thanks, it. Jamie. <laughs> it's like um, we haven't talked about Paul Bettany at all, <laughs> and I really need to. In a cross, 
anachronistic. That is the nice. word, Morgan. Morgan from the top rope. Okay, give me your Mason. Give me your snaps for Morgan. Uh, give me your <laughs> just cook, Paul Bettany. Give me a minute. Wow, is uh, one word. And wow then, is the correct word. And from the second he gets on the screen, he's just great. And I love that it's like based in history as he's playing Jeffrey Chaucer, who's this you know, like well-known writer for all of time. And uh, A Knight's Tale is one of the, one of the uh, allegories uh, that was written. And so uh, I just love every second of it. Number one thing about his character though is easily the introductions that he gives. I wish that I could be introduced like that in any big setting like any place, any bar I walk into, I want Paul Bettany giving me an introduction like that as I walk in or as soon as I get in an airport or, you know, in front of just anything that involves a lot of people, I want Paul Bettany giving my introduction um, <laughs> so eloquently as he does. So uh, I, I just enjoyed every, every verse, every line. Um, I don't know if you guys have any off the top of your head. Um, but I really no, I don't have any off the top of my head. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, so can... yeah, that's that's my take. Every time I see him, I just think of Vision. That's see, really all I think of. But I think he, I think he steals the steals the scene many times in this movie. When I saw Avengers Two: Age of Ultron, I was like, oh, it's Jeffrey Chaucer. And no one knew what I was talking about. And I was, because so, I'd always wanted so much for him. Like, I've always just, wa I wanted it more than I wanted it for myself. You know, I wanted him to succeed because he's so goddamn delightful in this movie. And to Mason's point, when he goes, he once spent a year in silence to better understand the sound of a whisper in the pause and how quiet the crowd goes. <laughs> and he, co he covers his mouth right after, like that was just a lick of genius. And then he talks about so him protecting a foulless Italian beauty from the would-be ravishings of her dreadful Turkish uncle. And then at the end, he's like, the protector of Italian virginity. <laughs> <laughs> like, give me all that. I yeah, don't think you realize how much I've done these with my dad over the years. I used to do the little intros to my dad. Like I used to do it as a yeah, bit. Yeah. I love that. The um reading reading into it, I guess uh Paul Bettany didn't didn't do any research on Jeffrey Chaucer, just purposely did not read any of it. And then um he was told that they wanted him to kind of embody like a WWE like Vince McMahon. Um and can you smell what the rock is cooking he said he didn't watch any wwe either so i think it's just super impressive that he just knew and went for it and he killed it he knocked it out of the park it's that's super interesting i agreed with morgan like instantly with the golden years thing his intros like it's my when i go back and watch it that's the most excited i get for those like little clips that's like the snapshots I love the most of the movie that I always like quote. Yeah. It's not like, they're not like a big scene that you really love, like the golden years part, but it's a really fun and important part of the movie where you're like, I'm, I'm really glad they have that in there. 
Plus, he's just he's advocating for equality. He's when he's like anybody not sitting on a cushion. Like, come on, he's fighting for <laughs> equality. He's way ahead of his time. <laughs> okay, we can talk about. I'm gonna give Morgan the option. We can talk about Watt and Roland, or we can talk about the Blacks. I basically want to go through Heath Ledger's little squad family because they're awesome and super important. So you get to decide where we go first. Give me your best Watt and Roland take. Or give me, um, I already forgot the female, Christina, the female blacksmith. I, Kate, Kate's the blacksmith. I love Watt and Roland. I love, I think that like they add the comedic relief that's so needed, but I also like just their interaction with Jeffrey Chauncer too. Like I, my, I also really like the scene at the beginning where he's training to be a knight and like their interactions and everything. And I think they just casted Watt and Roland so well. Like you always have like the, the fat friend, but then you also have the little guy that's like awkward looking, like little ginger. And uh, I just, I mean, it's cliche, but they did it perfectly. And I think both of them like complement each other so well. And then you have obviously the handsome main character, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that they're probably like up there with my favorite characters. I like tie them into one in a sense, just cause they're in pretty much every scene together. But yeah, I would say like below Heath Ledger, they're my favorites in the movie. Morgan, I'm going to throw a take at, at you. If you like it, take it. If you don't, throw it right back. Timon and Pumbaa okay. walked so that Watt and Roland could run. Oh, agree. I couldn't, you couldn't have said it any more beautifully. Timon they're the Timon get, and Pumbaa of England. <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa get drunk in a bar. <laughs> Get in the DeLorean that's from I... Back to the Future. Yeah. End up in 1400s England. They're in this movie. Yeah, yep. I think so. They're the medieval Timon and Pumbaa. There's Watt has my favorite like one line of the entire movie, which is what shout out to I've mentioned my dad like 50 times. I'm gonna keep mentioning because we love this movie, but me and my I'm dad always do that. He's not here. He I told him that we were doing this podcast and he just rattled off like 15 like lines of the movie and was just like, he's a quiet guy. He doesn't want to do this pod. Shout out to Gil Sharp, friend of the program. But he, <laughs> cause I guess I'll just get the story out of here. Cause I need to get it out of my chest. My dad is um, in the military, had been in Canada, um, like doing some training stuff and was just bored in Canada and was like, fuck this. I need to go to a movie and just walked to this theater in Canada, told me the theater he saw it in Canada actually when I was talking to him and um, watched it and was like, oh my God, I love this movie. Came back home, me and him went to Blockbuster. He just sat my ass down on the couch and was like, you need to watch this right now. And we both just loved it so much. And it's one of these things that like with a movie that me and him, whenever it was on TV, it was always on um, Turner growing up. We just, we we're all in no matter where it was. So that's me and, me and my dad's story about this movie. I love it. Sweet. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I think it's precious. Thank you. Too. A, That's why I said it. Yeah. <laughs> but to my original I point. Say, genuine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. That sounded sarcastic. It sounds like you would hate me and my father. It wasn't. It re- no, it really wasn't. <laughs> I did I'm sense some Gilly. slight sarcasm. I was like, no, it, what? <laughs> I was very it was, touched. <laughs> it was really genuine. It was a re- very nice story. And obviously... Gil is a great guy. I love Gil. So shout out. Hopefully, and shout out to the original purpose. Gil and I always do the Watt line where it's like, she's like, better 
a silly girl with a flower than a silly boy with a stick on a horse and wackos. It's called a lance. Hello. And we <laughs> lo- never fails to crack us both up. I've heard that line a million times. I bend over laughing every time. I love that yeah. line. Is it bad that I recognize him as the pirate from Dodgeball? Not at it's all. Like, That's exactly what I right. thought. <laughs> hey, he... He he ran in this so he could sprint in dodgeball. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Amen. Um, He's a really so, good actor. I wish he would have had more happen for him. Yeah, no, he was he was great. Um, I hate to go back to the Lion King references earlier, but does that make um, does that make Heath Ledger Simba? Of course. Yeah, his dad's an absentee father. He has to find his way through the world. I mean. And he's basically raised by Timon and Pumbaa. And they make it seem like he's known Roland, like, is the OG with him. Because when he gets, they do the flashback scene of, which is kind of heartbreaking. His dad has to, like, give him away to be like, I want you to have a better life than me. Um, Roland's there. If you guys, you know, when he's like, oh, Roland, get over here. So it shows that he's known him since he was, like, six. So, Does that also make Jeffrey Chaucer the bird from... That's what I was uh, just sitting here trying to think of. I'm like, what does that make Chauncer? And I, the bird is the only thing I can think of. What's the bird called? I feel so fucking stupid. Yeah. Someone's going to call me out for not knowing because I love the Lion King so much. But what's the... Because all I can think of is the monkey's name is Rafiki and um, Simba, Nala. Oh, my God. Does that make Jocelyn Zazu. Sorry. Sorry. Zazu? Yeah, Zazu? Oh my god! I feel so stupid. Thank you. That's the that's the dumbest. I'm gonna leave it in here because you know we need humble. I need to be humble. <laughs> but that's a tough that's a is tough this break. This movie for me. just Lion King. It is. I think it's a medieval Lion King with real people. I saw a take on the internet that was like, "This is like it's just Rocky ripoff," and I was like, "Hey, shut the fuck up." <laughs> I love both these movies a lot, so shut the fuck up, people on the internet. I was like, also, if you've seen fucking Rocky, this there's no perils other than, like, it's a guy that kind of gets a shot at the top. But other than that, which is the most loose thing that could be applied to any fucking movie ever, I, I'm too upset about this take, but anyone who knows me knows how much I love Rocky. And to see this movie just kind of half-assedly compared to it in a negative connotation is almost too much for my little heart to take. It's like two daggers to your heart. It's like a diss against a knight's tail and a diss against Rocky. <laughs> it's like a double whammy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's bad. Okay, I want to talk about, then let's round out the uh, friend group because I want to talk about, I keep forgetting her name, Kate, the blacksmith. I really like her. You know, she's awesome. She's super necessary. Yeah, I agree. She's, she, she's tough and determined. I like their initial interaction. You know, he kind of uses the like reverse psychology because she's um, very prideful of her work and she's feels like she's been uh, put behind because she's a woman and she's like really determined to to show off to not show off, but like show show her talent. And um, yeah, I love I like loved how she just fit right in. Like there was no it didn't feel forced or anything. She was just a part of the crew. I like that they still kept her like somewhat girly. She had this man's occupation and she was in this group of hooligans, but she still like she still had this like feminine elegance to her, which I really liked as well. 
yeah, she's like strong, but they don't make her seem, she's not trying to be a masculine. She's just like, I want to exactly. be myself. I can be feminine and a badass, which is kind of a theme because Jocelyn's like, I don't want silence. There's like this women can do way more than we're letting them do theme that's kind of just hunkering around throughout the movie. Which amen. I agree. And she has the Nike symbol, which I've always, I've heard someone said it was cheesy to me one time when I showed this movie. Like, it's just a cool thing to have in here. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's like kind of random and, you know, I don't know. It's just fun. It's not like, I don't know. It's not meant to be anything. Yeah, like I didn't meaning. think it was cheesy. Yeah, yeah. It's just Mason, Mason seemed like you're taking, I can't tell if you're trying to talk shit about it without talking shit about it. <laughs> no, I'm not. Because his not, face like, was like, he like got close to the camera, like, you better watch your mouth. No, I, I, like, I need a too, trigger warning like, if you're going to talk shit about anything in the movie. <laughs> you hear me what I said? No, I saw some random like, guy hey, say a funny. line of a Rocky review and I went on like a five minute rant. Tread lightly, my yeah. friend. Right, that's so true. <laughs> also, she basically reinvents the Knights game by being like, oh, you guys wear this heavy shit? Why don't you wear light stuff that's stronger? And the other dudes are clowning on him, and then they're like, oh, wait, that's the most badass dude ever. And she starts a whole new movement in the game, which is elite. Yeah. She's, she's, she's like, a... She's, she's an like innovator. the Phil Knight of jousting. Yeah. No pun intended. Knight. <laughs> oh. This is well, a I, I, I think they... You, I think they use a pun. I th- I think they say uh, they make a night reference, and I think it was in uh, for Phil Knight, you know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, maybe sit the next couple plays uh, out there, Slugger. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll bring it back. I'll show you. That's what we call in the podcast game a swing and a miss by Mason Ford. That's strike two. I, I sw- <laughs> dude, I swear they do, but. You know, one more strike, and I am fucking muting you for the rest of this, and I will make you watch Morgan and I <laughs> talk about the rest of this movie. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, Morgan, do we like the poem? Like, how much do we love the poem scene? I should just phrase it like that. Oh, I love the poem scene. I'm a sucker but for a poem much? to begin with. Like, 10 Things I Hate About You, poem scene, elite. This one, second best. And yeah, I, same, I like how it, it in like, the same tier. Like, if there's a, if this is the elite tier, does it fall? It's one A, one B in my mind. Yes, yes. Okay. It's definitely yeah, in the same tier. It's definitely in the same tier, and I like how they, how the scenes kind of transition. How they're reading the letter, but it's her reading it, and then it's Watt reading it, and then it's Heath Ledger reading it, and yeah, I I love it. Cause it's awesome. Cause you're getting awesome background of all the friends and kind of there, like you find out that the blacksmith, her husband had died and you found out that Watt used to love this cook and you just, yeah. everybody's kind of contributing and they're reading as Jocelyn's reading and Watt's giving her like a tissue and there's just, it's a gold mine. It's a treasure trove of content. You're seeing the softness of all these people. Yeah. It's super necessary because it makes them way more, then they're not just bit parts where they're only like one dimensional is like kind of comic relief. It really makes them like, oh, Watt isn't just always fucking hungry. He used to love a cook. And like, maybe there's mm-hmm. something behind it. And all the lines, I mean, I read, I attempted to do off the cuff. I've always wanted to, if I ever get married, knock on wood, 
I would read this poem to like a girl and I want her to not know what it's from, but I kind of also want her to know what it's from. And I want to just do it flawlessly and then have you shook me all night long riff go and then (laughs) us make out with fireworks behind us. Just the stupid thought I've always had. I don't know. That'd be a dream. The dream would be for you to read the poem to her, not knowing that she's seen the movie and then her to turn and be like, is that from a night's tale? And I think you would probably just propose right there. And then you just say, I'm not on me. I'd be the happiest man in the entire world. I always, because Mason, I, I always quote that poem to just like people all the time. I love yeah. the, uh, like the frozen like bit. And I love that poem in general. I always take bits and pieces. I know I've said it to Mason at least a few times. Yeah. I remember specifically our freshman year in the dorms. And I don't know how it got brought up, but Chris ended up quoting and I'm like, what? I was like, what is that? Is that like a poem that you know? <laughs> or and this was kind of the like start of our um of our friendship and learning that Chris will quote any movie at any time for pretty much any reason. Hey, I love sorry I like poetry. You know, people think of me, they just want to put me in this box, you know? Break out of the box, people. That's what this movie's about. This is what this podcast is about. Amen. So right on power to the power to the people. I uh we talked about some of our favorite scenes. Um we talked about Golden Year. I like the it's a dope ending. I really like when he's he's like what strap it latch it to me arm. And then he's out there and he screams William and the way they reverse engineer it from um, his perspective on the ground. I just think that's really well done. I agree. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of uh, bringing it all together at the end and, uh, you know, giving the people what they want. That's that's all you can ask for. And it's awesome because <laughs> you see Edward just like so gassed up that he won. Also, I've always wondered, like if he just takes a hit, on that he's just fucking dead right like he's just dead oh yeah no yeah no percent. Oh, no. does it go through him or does it knock him off and like break his sternum and you know i, I don't know i yeah, think it I, knocks him off breaks his sternum and then it causes some type of internal bleeding like in any of the you know material from the lance that gets you know st- I, I think it's wood and that you just got wood stuck in you you're on the ground you're you're definitely you're falling pretty much like i don't know five feet off the horse straight onto your back winds knocked out of you it's not a fun experience you die maybe morgan if a guy tells you that you are not the target that you are the arrow do you know what he's trying to say and is it like a good line i loved that line I think I like it. Can you I, explain it to me? Because I've seen this movie, but I still don't get it. I'm trying to understand so, it. And I want to understand it. It's not the target. It's it. When I first heard it, like watching the movie, I was like, wow, what a great line. But if I really think about it and dissect it, I don't really understand it. It just sounds right. Like it sounds like what he should be saying. I don't. You got, Come back to me. That's what I'm saying. I trust me. We're I've thought in, about like this English for tw- class now. I know. <laughs> I've, I've thought about this for like 20 years. I've always been like your exact point. Oh, that's a dope line. But then I was like, 
okay, well, he's kind of targeting her because he wants to be with her. Like, if she's the arrow, then what's, like, the target? And then what's the bow? Like, I, I want to fill the pieces of the analogy. Yeah. His, she's the arrow because he, he keeps her by his side. No. Is, no that's, a, that's, that's fucking close to strike three, but we're going to allow – we're going to allow – it hit the outside it's corner. You got a nice – um, yeah, you got a ball. It's barely a ball. Yeah, yeah I didn't do it. took a switch, check swing. They checked the third baseline. <laughs> She's not the target. She's the okay. Love, target. love is the you target. Guys, you guys are doing a really, you guys are doing a really good job at explaining. Shut the it fuck too, up! So. I was about to explain it before you interrupted me. <laughs> love is the target. Jocelyn's the arrow, and he's the bow. Huh? Maybe that works. So they, they're both together. They aim for love. Egg, thank. Uh huh. See <laughs> I I think I got a double with that one. I think I'm I think on second. Were, I think, Thank you. I think Mason's at the end of the dugout with like his fucking yeah. rally cap on. They're like, bro, it's the second inning. Like this guy doesn't know yeah. anything about baseball. <laughs> and Morgan's out there like she's starting center fielder. She just hit a double. You're last in the bench, bro. You're not even on the, you're not even on the lineup card at this point. Should we just make it to Mason Ford Rose? You guys are guessing just as much as I am. <laughs> Should should we Mason Mason Ford roast? Is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> keep keep it coming. I love it. It's okay. I got roasted in the last pod because I have like fifty favorite movies. So <laughs> someone else had to take it in. That's fair. That's fair. You haven't said it yet, though. I don't I don't think. No. She has said her favorite scene a couple times. And um, it was the same scene. Uh, the dance scene is we're one of my favorite. Run- we're gonna have to run the the tape back because Jamie okay. reverse that. I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where's this on your guys' Heath Ledger? Where's this on your Heath Ledger performance list? Like, give me your top three Heath Ledger. That's such a tough question, and I'm it's gonna have hard, struggle. They're all they're all very different, you know. As you, That's, as you mentioned earlier, I highly um, encourage anyone out there listening that also loves Heath Ledger and is a nerd to just go stare at his IMDb page and try to decipher what kind of choices he was making. Because when he like zigs, he zags. Like when you're looking over here, now he's over here. And I think his choices are just so interesting. But I think I have a couple movies that are at the top of my list, but I'm interested to see what you guys think. If you pull up his IMDb. I feel like the the Dark Knight's so obvious. Yeah. I think we like know that. Um, Dark Knight Pod. We have to at some point. We're gonna have to do that one. I've just been kind of sitting. I've been sitting on it because I just know I'm gonna like the Heath Ledger dying thing is what. It's just like such a dark area for me. But yeah, the. um... I think I, like you said, Heath or uh, Dark Knight's an obvious choice. And I think he does, like, an incredible job. And I know he really got into that character, like, in, in real life, like, in his personal life. Um, and he's, like, a great method act- actor because of that role. But I just really like him in A Knight's Tale. I think I'd have to put that as my number one for him. Like, when I think of Heath Ledger, that's the first movie that pops in my head. The Dark Knight doesn't pop in my head. It's because like he's got the, the makeup on. You know it's yes. him, but you don't know it's him. It- yes. I struggled so hard the first time I saw the Dark Knight in theaters being like, there's just no, 
like I knew that Heath Ledger was a Joker, but I was just like, I had a Knight's Tale Heath in my head. Like that was the perspective. Yes. And I was like, that can't be Heath Ledger. Or after I watched him, I was like, he's the, that's the greatest acting performance I've ever seen because he is it not really Heath. Is. He's the Joker. Yeah. It really I, is I, one of the best acting performances I've ever seen. Yeah. I just watched it recently and it was uh, watching it. You're just like, oh my God. He's so good. Like everything he says mm-hmm. and does is so good. And um, some of those some of those shots where it's really close in on his face, you know, as he's the Joker, you're just like, that's it. Like, you just know it, you know, it's him. Like as it gets a little closer, you're just kind of starting to see a little more of his face and it's uh, really crazy. So I think I like, for me, that's the obvious number one. Um, but I think more than anything, it really shows his, this really shows his range from mm-hmm. going, you know, as you said, like when, when you think he's going to zig, he zags and, uh, he just nails it every time. And I think that's being able to show your range like that is uh, really important. In no particular order, here's me throwing out just some like Heath Ledger performances that I think about all the time. Lords of Dogtown is the most underrated thing he ever did. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Yes. Him I and love Lords that. of Dog. Him and Lords of oh, You're on for the Lords of Dogtown pod. Um, yes. <laughs> I fucking oh, yeah, love you that said, one. You said the key phrase. <laughs> I, but him in that movie, I think, is such an interesting choice that he's a gigantic A-list superstar, and he plays, like, the surf shop owner that's maybe in, like, cumulatively 20 minutes of that movie. But it's so good. Yeah, so good. Like, when I think about that movie, he's one of the first people that I think about. There's this – when he died, I, I watched that movie and just, like, got a little emotional at the end of that movie because – the end of Lords of Dogtown is this dope scene where Maggie May by Rod Stewart comes on and he's at the surf shop and it's kind of been bought out and he's kind of on his ass and he takes a swig of Jack Daniels, turns up the radio and starts singing Maggie May by Rod Stewart as he's waxing the surfboard. And it's, it's just delightful. I, I don't want, it's, it's the best. It's, it's literally the best thing ever. So Lords of Dogtown up there, uh, Brokeback Mountain, I think is a super important movie just in general. And, uh, I've never seen it. Really? He's, he's... Is he good at it? It's, it's fascinating how good him and Jake Gyllenhaal are. And, like, I just can't really emphasize enough to people how, like, taboo it was for two A-list young actors to choose roles like that. Because is inevitably he, it was going to be, like, Jake Gyllenhaal and him are, like, the lovers. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I remember when it came out, I was young, but I remember it was like, it was a big deal. Cause yeah, it's like these deal. two, like they're heartthrobs in a sense, like in that time and for them to come out and yeah, I mean that movie, it, I remember it was definitely talked about long after it. it I made an argument. I made an argument in the law school class. I swear to God that there's a, the gay marriage uh, Supreme court decision is a Burgerfell. And I made the argument that if Brokeback Mountain was never made, that a Burgerfell doesn't get decided in 2015. And I just, like made that argument in class, and the prop was like, I don't, I don't know, but okay. And I was like, no. I don't <laughs> like I just Chris think is like yeah, like yelling and throwing down because they knew they had to class. They had to know that people were gonna maybe question their sexuality after making that movie. Like there's just nothing they could do to prevent 
just the stupidity of America from taking a hold. But I've seen Jake Gyllenhaal talk about it and be like, I probably should have thought about it more, but I just was like, oh, this is a really awesome script and it was really moved me and they both just did it. And I implore everyone to go watch that movie because they're Heath Ledger. It's a weird Heath Ledger. It's not typical. He's really understated. He's like a Western cowboy. That's like this tough, quiet part. It's, it's really fascinating. So I implore everyone to watch that. That's on my list. 10 things I hate about you, obviously. Welcome, welcome to the party, Heath. Um, and Brothers Grimm. I'm a sucker for him and Matt Damon in a movie. I know that movie wasn't what people wanted it to be, but I'm getting off my chest. I enjoyed I like Brothers, Brothers Grimm. Thank you. Welcome. You're on the Brothers Grimm podcast. You yeah. said the magic words again. <laughs> I'm a sucker for movie stars. When I like two actors and they're in the same movie, sue me. When I heard Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio once in a pint of time in Hollywood, Tarantino was making it, so I was going to see it anyway. But I was like, oh, of course. Same. If I have, if there's two actors that I love and they're in a movie together, I will be there, like, premiere night. Every movie studio listening to this, they're like, we got them. We know the formula. Just, <laughs> just, um, it works. It works. <laughs> Breaking news. Put movie stars in movies. People go. <laughs> it's like the Michael Scott headline thing. Where it's like the longest headline ever, like Scran Area Paper Company apologizes to local customer. Some companies still know how business is done. That's how I imagine this like really long headline. Yeah. Shout out to all the Office fans that that love that uh love that Office reference. Um, I guess we're kind of in final thoughts because I'm I'm basically just running through everything that Heath Ledger's ever done that I love. We gotta hit some um, reviews, huh? Yeah, if you got some, I I'm pretty proud of my review. Can I can I give a shout out to my own review? Yeah. Do you do you want me to read it or do you want to read it? You know what? You you read it. I want I want you to read it. I want to hear how you think my me tonally would sound Thanks. in this. Yeah. I, I this is a big moment in our friendship. Chris Sharp, twenty two, a night's tale, five stars. Yeah, I gave it five stars. Is it because it's a perfect movie? No, it's because it's perfect to me. I love Heath Ledger, and I love this movie. You guys probably aren't ready for this conversation, but Heath Ledger's Joker never happens without this movie. Like. Just a beautiful line, Reed. Thank you. I think you're right. I, I, I agree. I think he has to nail this one to lead to the next one. And he, he has already showed his range, and uh, it was obvious that he was ready for, for – uh, that role um yeah someone someone put i was a fan of heath ledger before the joker role and this was the film amen okay are we um are we ready for some more reviews i think you guys will like these yeah we've we've touched on yeah go for it some of the things um this is three stars from noel um it says count adamar if she breathes she a thought sir william all women's are queens adamar um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> she appreciated thought. <laughs> this one I really liked. Um, it was five stars from Milani, and it says uh, it has the stars on it. It says Bill Hader Stefan voice. So for any SNL fans that are familiar um, with that uh, segment, it reads: uh, This movie's got everything. Rock music. That's both anarchist and diegetic. 
Shannon Sossman as that bitch who somehow has access to late 1990s couture and neon hair dye, while everyone <laughs> everyone else is in literal rags. Medieval Nike product placements. Steve the Pirate. Seven-ish time viewing. <laughs> <laughs> that was my best Stefan impression. Um, please go watch the original. I thought that was perfectly I thought you did a good character. job. That was Thank nice. You. Uh, I shout out to Bill Hader because you know he breaks a lot with that uh, with that character, and it's really hard not to, <laughs> especially with the the writing. So shout out to Bill Hader. Um, uh, four stars from Shika. Uh, the Golden Years dance scene cured every disease in the world. Couldn't have said it better myself. So that's what I got for um, reviews. They should have just played that when Corona hit. Yeah, and everything would have been gone back to normal. Exactly. It was a monu- it was a monumental moment in my life when I realized that David Bowie sang that song. Like I'd loved that song for years, but it didn't seem like a David Bowie song to me. And then at some point, like either through streaming or whatever, I was like, I heard, I was like, wait, David Bowie sings this? I was like, oh my! It was the stars aligned. Mercury was in retrograde. Whatever the shit was going on, it was crazy moment in my life. <laughs> so now i guess we're in final thoughts just check down anything check out anything you guys have notes that you didn't get to say anything that comes to mind this is a a safe space now mason all the balls and strikes are gone all your stupid ass shit you want to say is now free to be thrown out there well let me is it really safe though only it's only not (laughs) safe if you say this is your favorite movie ever that's it's not it's not my favorite movie ever good and I'm still waiting right. to do the seven pod. So. Ooh, that would be kind of a, that'd be a transition. A Night's Tale to Seven. I kind of dig that. Okay. Yeah. What's, what's wrong on the list? Okay. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire has to happen before it because we've been pushing <gasps> off Lizzie McGuire movie for a while. Do you want on for a four person one with our friend Max? Uh, yes. That okay, you're on movie it. was my childhood. I saw her multiple times in concert. And I would make my family sit on the couch and I would perform the final scene. Wow. And watch me. Is there video uh, recording? You had me, Morgan, just for the record, you had me at, I, I was like, I, you had me at first when you're like, yes, I love that movie. Then it was like, I've seen her multiple <laughs> times in concert. You know, stop selling at that point. You've already won me over. And then you <laughs> talked about your family bit. And then I was just like off the chair. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> We, we love I will that still perform that scene for you guys if you would like. <laughs> we, we would. So we're going to hold you to that. Okay. You're on that with Max Boyum. And I, we're going to first four person pod. I guess we'll, we'll give that format a try and see what happens. Lizzie McGuire, baby. Okay. Could be Mason. fun. It could be fun. Um, Back to you. Uh, so, final thoughts. This is my first time watching. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, um, have heard enough quotes from Chris over the years from the movie. So I was familiar, uh, love Heath Ledger. Um, and I love the, the way they utilize the modern music in this historical period. Um, it's really fun. I definitely want to watch it again because I feel like there was a lot, there's like a lot of like little one-liners throughout the movie. Uh, Paul Bettany's probably my favorite throughout, uh, throughout the whole thing. Uh, his character and the things he says and uh, how it all comes together. So um, yeah, I I loved it. So 
thank you for uh thank you for letting me love it you know that's that's what this is all about <laughs> in the words of mario let me love you you're, you're welcome morgan any final thoughts or have we have we stomped all over everything you had to say yeah you guys pretty much hit on everything i wanted to say i guess i've never really wanted to be in medieval times more than after watching this movie I, oh yeah uh, i'll risk it I, I have, I have two things, two final thoughts. Number one, I have a confession that one time to an ex-girlfriend, I did the, I used the Bible oh, no. line that he uses and she didn't know what it was from and thought it was sweet. So I, I yes. never, I never had the heart to tell her that I didn't make it up. So my apologize to that girl. Uh, that's a tough draw for me, but I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> no, I thought she'd know man. I'm not that creative to give them the, the, I wish I could stop this night and make this moment and your beauty last forever. You know, I just, I'm sorry. Good for you. Good for you for even saying, like being able to say with a straight face, I think I'd start laughing because I knew what it was from in the middle of it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't pull it off. You know what I mean? I actually thought about like, what would I do if a man said that to me? I've seen the movie, so I'd probably laugh, but like, I'm not, if I'd never seen the movie, I'd have been like, Hmm. Halfway through, halfway through the bit, I, halfway through the bit, I realized that I was like cooking with Crisco, and I was like, "Shit, you can't really bail on this." <laughs> yeah, so then yeah. I just had to commit. Yeah, you got to go all in. That's what. I'm to saying. be fair, it was early in a relationship, so I was still in that like I need to impress you phase. So I wasn't like secure uh, enough to be like, "Hey, I just ripped off a movie that you're never gonna watch in your entire life." And uh, yeah, so that's my. Con- this is my like, confession, in the words of Usher. Did you just like? throw a jacket over your shoulder and walk away after you said it or what? It was actually at night. It was outside. It was kind of like moon. It was moonlit and, and yeah, it was nice. It was a really romantic, romantic. moment. Right. I know it was really romantic, but uh, I still had to just get that off my chest. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Um, and then my final thought, final, final thought is just, uh, you know, William Thatcher's relationship with his dad. Shout out to my dad for introducing this movie and how special it is for me and my father. I, uh, I think like his relationship with his dad and how much he idolized him is similar to me. So that's a cheesy thing, but uh, love my dad and shout out to him. So that's where I'm going to end it. Well said. I love I like it. That. Okay. Well, I appreciate you guys. This was kind of a, this was all over the place, but I fucking loved it. I love this movie. I love you guys for doing this with me. Thank you very much. Thank you. No, thanks for having me.